Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 434. We got a long one for you today. It is. It was very Close long. Close to two hours-ish. Wow. Remember when we were like, nobody wants to listen to us t- talk for two hours, and now we're just kind of like, eh, if anybody wants to listen to us, we don't care how long we I mean, it was for. a pretty solid, in-depth review of one, like, I want to say it's one book, but I mean, it's multiple books, but one thing. Yeah. It's an event. The whole Ten of Swords, or as some people would say, X of Swords event. Sure. And mainly only the second half of it. Yeah, because that was honestly the most interesting part. Yeah, very much so. Well, there there was a couple things with some of the sword thing, but yeah, really. It was a lot of, the first, like, you have to read all of it. I'm not saying, like, skip I mean, yeah. we're getting into a whole second part of the review and the <laughs> intro here, but I'm not saying don't read the first half because it sets up a lot of stuff. The second half was definitely way more review worthy. Yes. Uh, we did have some news talk about, uh, not as long, we spent a good majority it of this. It was mostly, yeah. It was it's mostly a love letter to Hickman. So if you like haven't read Ten of Swords and don't want any sort of like spoilery spoilers, then don't listen, I guess. I don't know. But, like, go read it, because it was good. And even if you have read it, we brought up some things that you might have missed. As well as even if you do plan on reading it, we didn't give it all away, because there was so much that happened that we tried to just skim an overall surface, and I know we missed some key sure. moments sure. that happened. Yeah, you feel free to tweet us um, all the things that you think we said that were dumb and or smart, and then we just will ignore them like we do with everything else on Twitter. But we do appreciate the tweets. We so. do, we do. We like people's. We like our names being in people's mouths. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, uh, grab a cold one and enjoy Drunk on Comics podcast episode four hundred and thirty four. Say something. I'm giving up on you. Was I supposed to sing with you? Yeah, you're supposed was to harmonize with me. Our terrible harmonization. Hey, it was beautiful before. <laughs> It's beauty is definitely in the eye of the beholder on So for uh, people uh, that have at least listened to the last couple that I've been going on about Auntie Donna, I have some new converts to watching. Yeah. And again, it is very hit or miss with people. So last night, my friends had Friendsgiving. We did a virtual thing. And this is something that normally got, you know, 30 to 40 people together eating, bringing food, and drinking, and playing left, right, center, and all just different fun things. So we had a whole thing set up that my buddy uh, made with the Discord chat with different rooms and everything, and towards the end of the evening, uh, when people started leaving, we just thought we were going to throw that on for the last stragglers that were there. So you can watch people's faces. Now, we had people muted, but you can tell who was enjoying it and who was like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> and me and Anthony were just fucking dying laughing because we thoroughly enjoy the show. And really only our friend Allie, you could just see her laughing at all the times we're laughing. And we're like, yes, we have one more. And then like my buddy Mike goes, what the fuck is this? But then towards the end of the first episode, he you see him rolling around laughing. So I'm like, yes, at least something hit. But yeah, 
I don't know. I'm still going through yeah. all the YouTubes, and I I I'm, I want to be their biggest promoters here in America. They just I love them. Um, we watch Nate, a one man show. Have you seen that pop up on Netflix? No. It's a it's just like an hour long comedy special, and I'm using air quotes because it's just a, it's a very weird sort of provocative newish type of stand up, but it's not stand up. And it's this woman who does, like, a drag king show, kind of. And it's um, weird and hilarious and, like, also, I feel like really has a really important message. And I highly suggest everybody watching it. Um, <laughs> Natalie uh, Palamides, I think is her name. She actually was on an episode of Auntie Donna, so it connects. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she's, like... They're just parts like she's got chest hair glued to her to her chest, but she's walking around like she her nipples aren't covered. Like she's walking around okay. with her tits hanging out with chest hair glued to her chest and she's got like a fake giant dick like attached <laughs> to her and stuff like I mean it's just it's insane. And she gets the audience involved in such a fun and like uncomfortable way. It's just really enjoyable to watch i thought i will have to check that out because <laughs> that sounds like it's up my alley yeah so surprisingly too so we didn't obviously we posted our um fun review uh this last time for the thanksgiving holiday weekend even though really we're not we didn't see each other or you know our families and there wasn't a big as busy as it normally is for us to do that but still it was nice to have a small break plus yeah. there's a lot of x books that we both need to be ca caught up on. Yeah. But I will say this. The night, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving was the first time in forever that I felt alive and normal. Now, I say that in just a weird way, but, you know, I haven't been going out, and I don't drink as much as I used to. It's a good thing. But one of my friends hosted an online trivia, and I ended up winning because I was the only one that got the last answer correct. Everyone bet everything, so thank God I no random toy trivia. Yeah. Imagine Thank that. God. <laughs> yes. That's what he's spending his time on. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I mean, I, I start off just like having a couple mixed drinks. And then by the time I was done with it, I went to my roommate and I'm just like, I'm drunk. And he didn't know what the fuck I was doing. He's like, I thought you were just reading comics. I go, no, I've been doing trivia. I won. Yay. Was and it the drinking that made you feel alive and normal? Cause now I have concerns. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 I just got it back in my veins. <laughs> no, we really, might need it was, to it was, provide an intervention for it, it, you. It, Linz, it wasn't the drinking. No, it was the it cocaine. Was the... <laughs> well, that'll do it, obviously. Yes. And also, why didn't you share with me? Rude. Um, no, I would imagine it's probably more like hanging out with your friends. And it and was honestly, it, it was just a little seen. more because we yeah. I haven't done those big type of zooming since the beginning of all this where right. everyone was kind of doing that on the regular it's kind of dried up of like you kind of need to have something set aside so again then last night with the friends giving another group of friends just seeing their faces and and really that's i've i've known this for a while like i am a social drinker like i don't just drink at my house mm. just to get drunk although you know i just don't have feeling but once i get started right oh yeah don't hold me back and it was really fun to just see other people doing virtual you know shots we all had um our liquors of choice and 
Yeah. And then, like, we even had where we started off, like, cooking. Like, we were kind of had our laptops in the kitchen to show what we're cooking. And Aww. made tacos last night. Yeah. And, yeah, it was, it was good. I feel like more people need to do this, especially with the holidays coming up. I know some of my family have even said we're not going to really be doing anything. Right. And know don't, that there are... Don't forget to, to tell everyone that you come over to my house for actual Thanksgiving. Yes, and that was freaking amazing. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I can't can't quite compare it to you know grandma's cooking, but I can say it's on the same level. It was Dang. yes, it was like there. I can't pick you over my grandma. No, no. But it, no. it was so damn good though that I was almost kind of like I might want to come here again next year. I mean, dude, anytime you want to come over for dinner, I'm always cooking delicious shit. I know. I see you post it, and it does make me jealous. So. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I have you in my bubble to uh, <laughs> hang out with because exactly. food that is great. That was the nice part is like we already see each other usually once a week, so it wasn't like bring all this weird stuff into my house, Tony. <laughs> yeah. It was like, well, I'll, I'll see you on Sunday. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> so as we had already previously mentioned, uh, there was a bunch of X books to read because, well, I mean, as much comic books as we read per week, Sometimes you're like, I don't want to read those yet. And then you're like, well, shit, these new ones came out. I need to read those previous ones yeah. to catch up. Because we read a lot more comics than we actually even talk about and bring up on this show. Well, not to mention with these ones, like, it wasn't just, you weren't just getting, you were getting one of a title a week, but you were getting, like, three of a story Yeah. a week. So it wasn't like... Oh, if I don't read this one next week, then I can read two next week. It's like, oh, if I don't read these next week, I have to read six next week. Or in my case, I have to read ten at the end of it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So, yeah, and we do read a lot more comics than what we talk about. We only talk about the things we want to talk about. Yeah, really. There's real no rhyme or reason, but... We've also... I have selectively tried not to, even though we've been off for a while anyways... Not talking about X-Books so much because I still have thoroughly enjoyed everything. I'm the biggest John Hickman fan and we're going to, you know, why did I say John? Jonathan Hickman. Like you know him. Yeah. Johnny Hicks. That's what I was, yeah. <laughs> J-H. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I want to quick, before we get into this Big thing, uh, crossover that they did, Exosaur, or Tenosaurs. Tenosaurs, yes. Uh, I want to talk about the two books that came out this week just briefly because you would think these are going to be, you know, picking up some of the threads of the big things that happened within this last event. And they do, but they seem minor. And that's kind of why I bring it up. Okay. Remember, all these books had their own storylines going that were still connected to Krakoa and everything. Right. And you're like, all these different threats. There's like, I remember trying to even remember what the fuck was going on before this event. I know there's something with the Brood and King Brood. Uh, Brew ate the King Egg and now controlling them. Uh, I know X-Factor was on Mojo World. Uh, I remember, fuck man, I don't really remember much. There was some weird techno uh, organic grouping that was also going on somewhere. Uh, some people are stuck in the time thing, which actually, yeah, 
I'm going to have to refresh what the storylines were. And that's what I was really curious as to, are these going to just go into that? So Are they going to... Are they going to pick up where they left off like nothing happened? Because oftentimes that's what happens in these X-Men books is this giant fucking event. And the way this event ended... Yeah. Like, did it even... Did it even... Did these even kind of... Like... I mean, there was... I don't really want to get into talking about... There was a whole... The whole thing. Like, Apocalypse's decision... At the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, so <laughs> this does a little bit of both in, okay. in a way that it almost seems perfect, but also gives you, like, wanting of where could these books' direction go because they pretty much just stopped with their stories, like I said. Mm-hmm. So uh, in particular, the two books that came out this week, X-Factor number 5 and then Hellions number 7, X-Factor number 5, they were in Mojo, um, the Mojoverse. Yeah. I don't truly remember them getting out of it coming back but i feel they must have because of the way that they're talking about it and they brought one of the their job in their books is to investigate if a mutant truly is dead right so they can do the resurrection protocols and so what we've learned with the whole x of swords thing damn it ten of swords i'm going to whatever if i mess everyone up everyone knows what we're talking yeah. about and also like if our listeners are expecting us to um speak perfectly then they must be new <laughs> like you better just understand real quick that that is never going to happen <laughs> so they do talk about some of the ramifications now with the resurrection protocols which has been one of the coolest things I think they've done in the whole uh, mutant mythos is yeah gives them how... god powers basically yes. and what they did in this uh, was this girl Sophia which I failed to know what her mutant name is and everything but i guess she was someone that was depowered before because they kind of go into you know how there's been mutants that have been depowered Mm -hmm. and but they're still mutants so they're still allowed to be on krakoa ever since uh no more mutants and all those things happened back in the day and then people started coming back with their powers there's still millions of mutants that don't have them and one of the things that they talked about was the crucible which is kind of like a battle to the death so that you can't kill an, another mutant. That's their big laws. But in this sort of trial... Um, Is it Sophia with tradition, an F? Yes. Um, kind of, uh, what would you call it? A ritual. Okay. To where the person, the mutant dies, but knows they're going to be resurrected. But when you get resurrected, you can have your powers back. Right. And so this person was on Mojo World and pretty much died they brought the the body back when she died though she did it willingly i think because she knew that she was going to be brought back or whatever but now from what i gathered from this book she has her powers and a cool thing that these people were talking about was it's it's interesting how whenever someone who has a mutant power of flight when they come out of the protocols just seems to that's the first thing they want to do they just have this urge this yeah inner feeling to just start flying i thought it was cool the whole book had a lot of setup with some different people, but the big ramification at the end, without trying to be spoiler-free on at least these new books, we're going to spoil the shit out of the actual event. Yes. One of the flyers fell, and that leaves a mystery of, and she's dead. They're like, she's dead, but she can fly. How did she fall? Where did she fall from? Why didn't she fly? With the previous talking of mutants coming back with their powers now, 
I'm starting to think there's some more shit being fucked up with the resurrection protocols than just dying in other world and not coming back whole. Hmm. Hellions, on the other hand... Uh, I have... So, Sophia's name is Sophia Mentega. Her X-Men name is Wind Dancer. Okay, yep. They did mention that, so and I guess... she I lost just... her powers in the... the M event or whatever yeah. they call it when everyone lost all their powers. Um, it doesn't say. I don't want to read this whole thing. I'm trying to figure out what her powers were. But anyway, she yeah, she went into Mojoverse and had somebody assassinate her, basically because she knew that she would get her powers back. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's that. Uh, and it was uh, again, it's still interesting. Um, they obviously were talking about some things that happened. Knowing that, you know, uh, actually another big part of it too is Rockslide was in this, who is, is fucked f- up. Yes, yeah. who is not himself from this universe, 616 universe, and trying to figure out that uh, case. And they even mentioned the two other people that were brought back from there, or actually the one other person that was brought back, Gorgon, who mm. we can talk about him in a bit. So we'll go into Hellions where. I love Mr. Sinister so much. He's His, he, but the way he is just makes for a good character yeah. and and a great villain. And just him being all mutants are kind of like you know trying to be good even though they're bad. Like I really just fucking hate Sebastian Shaw. Like at least Sinister is trying to do what he does. Sebastian just seems to be like backstabbing because I like power. I don't find that good motivation, but with what happened within the whole event and Sinister and his group, this book starts off with him talking to the Quiet Council of like, can't we please just bring them back? Like, I know that we have problems with the resurrection, but like they really tried their hardest. It sucks that they somehow died. Mm, The people that he left there to die? Those people? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, well, and he, I think he murdered the the rest of them when they uh, got back. Oh, yeah, with his... And then he was like, something yep. terrible has happened. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Again, that just makes it so him. Now, I won't get too much into the rest of that, but two people that died on... Not on Otherworld, because they were sent to go do some assassination. They were in... A, was it Arakoa? Arakoa? The other half of Krakoa. Yeah. That is through Otherworld that you can get to it. So they died not in Otherworld, which, as I do think I mentioned before when we talked a little bit of this uh, Ten of Swords thing, is when you die in there, resurrection protocols don't work. Your manifestation of yourself doesn't come back. So we do know there's one other person that died in Otherworld from this book, which is Gorgon. And they mentioned the name and how things aren't normal with him, but there were two people from Hellion's group, Wild Child and... Oh, fuck, now I'm going to... That from, robot guy and his nanny. Oh, uh, the nanny. Yeah. Well, didn't he die too? Didn't they tear him apart or did he make it back? I think he made it back him through. He may be, but there's something special with him that's also interesting that I meant to look up, but I didn't. But Nanny did, which mm-hmm. is weird because she's in an eggshell, like... It's a weird suit. Like, I don't understand who, what her powers are, but she's just supposed to protect Peter, the... Orphan maker. Orphan, yeah. What a fucking terrible name. Yeah. (laughs) 
I'm the orphan maker. It sounds like a, a character from the boys more than it does a character from the X-Men. I mean, I will say this. To anyone that is reading some of these books, I think Hellions is one of the best, mainly for Mr. Sinister. And there's some shit in here that happens where he's pretty much uh, blackmailing uh, Psylocke to, you know, make sure that no one else kind of usurps him as, run, you know, being in charge of all... Usurps? Yes, that. Okay. <laughs> and anyways, so she uh, she's kind of getting blackmailed, and her petty revenge is destroying his giant uh, ship right before they are getting to a place. Like, they could have easily landed it, but she decided to crash it into this fortress, and everyone get into the, the escape pod. Like, there's no reason to do that, but it was just to be like, fuck you, Sinister, this is your nice private jet. The, this writing is just really excellent um, for the dynamic. But the two people, uh, the nanny as well as uh, Wild Child, they, they were killed on Araco. Um, Ar- let's call it Aracoa. Aracoa. It sounds like okay, more like. That is probably how Aracoa. you pronounce it. Aracoa. And because of that, it wasn't necessarily uh, Otherworld, so they should come back who they are. Except there were there is something a little bit off with them. Yeah. As they're saying, they're more keen, they're more honed on what it is they're doing. So Wild Child, who before kind of, well, was pretty much wild and lashed out and everything, seems more, like, not talkative, just more almost like a destructive saber-tooth, like, but smart. He does look like a baby saber-tooth. I know. Um, Is it because... I don't know that they get into this, but, you know, they were killed by um, this this group of people that was kind of created by this guy who was very Mr. Sinister-like, mm-hmm. but his, his power was to not... Like, he didn't have the same drive that Mr. Sinister did, which was to clone or create or anything like that. His He would manipulate mutants... So that he could change their powers. You know what? I had thought of when I read that a couple weeks ago in that issue. But thank you for reminding me now. Because that might be in particular what is going yeah. on with like these maybe two. Maybe he messed with them before. I bet you that's it. And that's going to come back to bite Sinister yeah. in the ass. Which all things typically do with him. And Right. As it should be because he's fucking terrible. I know. Like, he went there just to get mute. He didn't really even go in there to help out no. anything. He went to well, for his own... Well, he didn't want to go to begin with. And then <laughs> when he was forced to go, basically, he was like, well, at least I'm going to use this to my advantage. Was not, though, the plumage thing one of the funniest oh things God. he said? I mean, that's one of the first things he did when he got back was needed a cape. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, anyways, that's what's going on now. and And so... Oh, the one thing with uh, with uh, Peter, um, the orphan maker, they're talking, Xavier was talking about how they need to, they can't wake him up yet because if his mutant, you know, power goes off, like, it will destroy the world. And then they go into how uh, Nanny has uh, the special, I mean, it's not vibranium, but the special metal to make his suit to, I guess dampen his power or whatever so that's what the mission is that they're all going after is finding her egg-shaped ship 
which mm. Sinister thought was kind of funny going with her whole looks like an egg thing. And, of course, you would have an egg spaceship. Right. And, I don't know. I, I'm just like, okay, you know, they're on a, a mission to get something, but now I'm more curious as to what the fuck is Peter's powers. Like, I would really, you know. Like, what his powers are other than his suit? Yeah. Or. Like, what's his mutant gene? Like, I'm reading his wiki right now. And does Orphan it say Maker anything? is a mutant, but has yet to exhibit powers aside from those high tech of his high tech battle suit. He also remains intellectually a child. Okay, so that pretty much is them leaving it so that no one can figure out. But that Xavier is so afraid of his powers. That's Uh, interesting. Well, he was, so he was basically raised by Mr. Sinister, right? Uh, In Mr. Sinister's little mutant orphanage. And then Mr. Sinister decided that he was too uncontrollable and needed to be killed, and then Nanny saved him. So that's where that duo comes from. And then he got the name Orphan Maker because he would go kill mutants' parents so that he could bring them into and and they could be one of Nanny's lost boys and girls. So it was like very much like a whole Peter Pan sort of thing, which he is very Peter Pan-ish, right? Because mm-hmm. he's got these powers, uh, but he's very much a child intellectually. I love that even more about those that yeah. duo. <laughs> I mean, I do. She's kn- like the Tinkerbell to his Peter Pan. Yeah. I know a lot of useless Marvel trivia, but those two I didn't. So thank you for informing me on those. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, go donate now if you enjoyed that useless piece of information. <laughs> but I would like to then let's start to where. How are we going to unpack this? Because I don't think that... Have we talked about Ten of Swords? I've, I've talked about some of it. We've, we, like I think I beginning. talked up to about issue f- five. And there's like, 22. There's 22 yeah. chapters in this. So if we got up to... I mean, there's a lot that happens. I feel like the search for the swords and like how they figured out who got the... Like, I feel like all of that is unnecessary to talk about. Because I think the real meat of the story is the battles. Yep. And my favorite part of the whole thing was, like, everyone, including the readers, went into this thinking this is going to be a person-on-person battle. Yep. You know? And this it was person per- versus this person. And you like thought you, you knew who was going to be set up with who. Right. Like, you thought that one Solemn was going to be against Wolverine because right. of adamantium skin, and they also kind of battled to get right. their or swords. Right, or the Red Root or whatever her name was yeah. was going to go against Cypher because they could both talk to the trees and shit. Yeah. Like, and one-on-one like, on one battles to the death. Yeah. No. That is absolutely... I mean, Not even all of them were battles to the death. No. Some of them were marriages. <laughs> some so of them weird. were drinking contests. Some of them were races dancing some of them were literally battles to the death where the person who died is the one who won like it was such a fucked up contest and very clearly skewed so that the x-men felt like they were losing the whole time and then you get to one of the contests and the catch-up is so immediate like you you go through all of these chapters, and I guess we can we can kind of start from the beginning. But you go through all of these battles, and you get towards the end, and you're like, "Fuck, this is like I you know what's gonna happen." And then the battle with um, Gorgon happens, and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was like 
again, there were so many surprises throughout. And yeah. as we kind of mentioned some of the battles, some of them are not even really shown that well. Like, some of them have a lot more depth to the whole mm-hmm. issue. And others were kind of like almost happened off panel or it was like a splash page that had right. a couple things going on. And I felt almost like I was, uh, I don't want to say screwed, but like I was not given what I should have been given. I wanted to see all these things. But then realizing there's already 22 books. Yeah. They probably needed to rush some things. So I felt like I'm almost missing some stuff. But then I felt like I wasn't. Right. Some of the battles just were so, and and the, you know it was it was clear that what's her name Sat Saturn or however you pronounce her, her name. name. Um, I mean she very obviously was like fixing most of it. So some of the battles or contests were so uneven or skewed in one direction that it was pointless to even watch the whole thing play out. Well, it's interesting, too, when we find out what this is all pretty much about. It's, it reminded me a lot of a Secret Wars. It reminded me a lot of, you know, having, like, Grandmaster or something who picks all these people to fight but pretty much does what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And really, it just even with that, I mean, I guess Secret Wars was more he did want to see people battle. This was all just a, a scorned lover. Oh She's my God. pissed that Captain Britain, and so Fuck. all this would have happened if he would just have said that he... Well, he's married. Yes. Mm, I'm going to make all of this up by me because I don't want to cheat on my... Like, fucking, dude, the world is at stake. These people are willing to die, and you don't want to, like, cheat on your wife. Like, I know. Like, get the fuck over yourself, dude. Yeah, take one for the team, man. <laughs> exactly. Uh... Well, You're living in this realm anyway. Your wife is never going to fucking see you. Like, what kind of husband is that? <laughs> he abandoned her to fucking be the the sword for this bitch. But he's like, I won't sleep with her? Like, you already abandoned your wife. At least fucking get your dick wet. But, like, here's the thing. <laughs> she has the power to pretty much wipe out anything. Like, I'm now realizing her power set is, like, at least in other worlds. Yeah. There's, she is the top tier, nothing even coming in. Like, I almost feel like, I mean, I guess besides the Living Tribunal, like, really, there's nothing that would match her. So, my impression, and this is kind of skipping to the end a little bit, um, but my impression of this, of her is that the Saturn, the Opal, the fucking magistrate, whatever the fuck, she has 8,000 names like Khaleesi does. Um... (laughs) (laughs) To me, this whole thing was set up so that she could destroy the mask That's, no, well, of Annihilation. I feel, no, that's a uh, secondary. Her big thing, Bringing I think, wanted to... to kill Betsy so that um, Brian, or, yeah, Brian would have to pick up the sword to be the Captain Britain again so that he's with her all the time so that she can seduce him. I think purposely that was what she cared about the most because, again, she has the power, all the power in the world that I don't think she was ever really worried about that mask. Yeah, but she, I mean, she could have... I mean, she destroyed it easily. Well, she didn't destroy it. She remolded it. Oh, yes, and into something more uh, That could usable. be controlled but yeah. wouldn't control the user. Um, however, 
Like, I mean, Betsy got killed first. It could have just ended there. Again, so that's why she made just, it happen first. It wasn't just Brian she was trying to get. I, I think the Mask of Annihilation was part of it because just the constant siege of that army coming at the Citadel was probably... I mean, I'm sure she was getting to the point where she was like, this is fucking stupid. Um, but also, like, bringing back the the core, right, to be the true protectors of the Citadel because they had... Be- Betsy, was it Betsy, that had decided that that was not a thing anymore? Like, why had the the core gone away? So, so here's... Okay, I so... I can't remember that part. I didn't want to get into this yet, but uh, since you've already brought it up. So, this whole thing was... Not anything that we've already mentioned, but honestly, it was Jonathan's way to get the core back, the Captain Britain core back, that he destroyed five years ago in Secret Wars 2. Ah. So when all the worlds were merging and everything, mm-hmm. um, with that Captain Britain's, just that whole everything just stopped being them having an alliance and that was something that they've had going on for ages within Excalibur and Captain Britain books and everything. I always found that interesting because again I'm a big person in the multiverse. I love exploring that and here's a place where and some other people would understand with Spider-Man they've in the Spider-Verse ones the Peters all kind of meet in a place and Mm -hmm. like oh yeah I'm from this one and I'm a bit different but the same thing here you have actual the protectors of their universe from people invading from yeah just other universes so they were destroyed in that and so going into this entire thing i did not think this was the big end thing <laughs> but this is honestly what yeah. jonathan hickman was trying to do which going f- further in the future will be interesting because again you'll have the the core sure. back but what exactly they're going to do? Are they going to interact with the X-Men, or is that just going to branch off into Marvel can now use some other things? Who right. knows? But that kind of has... But what was interesting when they did come back, though, is before they were mainly always Brian's, and now they're all Betsy's, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was that, I mean... that that Honestly, that part was like... <laughs> it was. It seemed so shoehorned in. Well, yeah, it just came out of nowhere. It came at the end. It was like, but again, you as the reader didn't expect that or know that. Right. So I'm sure for some fans. honestly fucking care, really. Well, I, again, (laughs) I just said why I did a little bit. But I didn't care. I mean, I don't care as much as like, yes, there's other things that I cared more about in the storyline. But again, it was interesting. I really liked, uh, because again, even with the uh, Captain Britain Corps before, Mostly were men. Maybe there was the one guy. In this, there was mostly women. And then there was the one pink-bearded guy mm-hmm. that shown predominantly. Um, I mean, I have some names. Like, there's Captain Amphibian. There is, um, I mean, they're all Captain Britain mostly. But, like, you know, Beth Braddock or uh, Elizander Braddock or um, Sister Britain from the Dimension... Oh, Spider-Gwen origin. Like... Pretty much Marvel, there's the Wikipedia's great use for anyone that is truly mm-hmm. interested in random side characters' names that were shown in this. Well, but, they give you a list of them, too, in the book. In the book, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, this has a couple more, I think, than that book. But again, the pros in this these books also flesh out so much. 
I didn't need to know that that's who this person was or that's who that person was. But I'm glad that it's there. Glad yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I think I'm going off course, though. Of Let's go back to where, honestly, this is where it could all have stopped. But there was also something that happened that when I read it, I was like, holy fuck. And that was when Wolverine truly stopped it. Did you read that? Or Wolverine what? truly stopped everything. He did his plan that he was going in there to do, which was I thought was going to assassinate someone. Oh, you're talking. To, oh, yeah, and they started the book. But I didn't think he was going to assassinate Saturnin, yeah. and that's how the book, the previous book, ended. And I'm like, oh shit, anything can happen here. This is interesting. I didn't think she'd even get touched. Well, she didn't. Yeah. But she did <laughs> because you then see in the beginning of the next book. That that did not work out, and and then at this point I'm thinking, holy fuck! And they even, so in the, the like I said, the beginning of the next book, pretty much Earth is taken over. The demon hells, you know, came through. Um, Oraco came through, and pretty much, yeah, they invaded Earth, and it was desolated. But Wolverine has a healing factor, so he's tied up because he's mm-hmm. the last one to see it all. A key thing that I love that they said specifically was. There was, uh, when the mutants were left, were trying to stop the gates from being opened, there was a giant EMP burst that every high-functioning telepath pretty much got dead. And when they said that uh, um, uh, Moira also died, we all know her power and what happens if she dies. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thinking, well, fuck. Yeah. They just fucked up everything. But I like that... It was all a dream, kind of. Well, it was uh, it was Saturn. Saturnin. Saturn, isn't it S A T U R N E? Saturn. Why S A T U R N Y N E? Saturnin. I hate. her name. I hate Jonathan Hickman. Stupid names. Um, it wasn't a dream. It was. Well, she gave him a glimpse of what. Like, I feel like she legitimately had him live through it. Like it was like she forced his brain. Like it was like an act. Like he experienced it. He experienced it. Like yeah. from the moment that he killed her, until she was like, "Just kidding. That's what would happen if you killed me, bub." Yes. Yeah, so well, I know. Yeah. He probably mentally felt it, but I, like he then is started back from where he was sitting at a table. So yes. he didn't really get up to go stab her. No. That all was not, you know, that was part of this illusion, this living yeah. nightmare. But I really thought that was interesting. Like, I normally hate those fake outs that, just kidding. Yeah. But in this sense, I started the book being like, fuck. I did too, except then I was like, well, there's still like eight more books. <laughs> <interested."> <laughs> so what the fuck is going to happen? <laughs> If they wouldn't have taken it so fully to, like, um, Krakoa very quickly fell and they called in the Avengers and the Fantastic Four and they very quickly fell and it was, like, complete, like, complete destruction (laughs) of Earth, then maybe I would have been like, oh, we could carry this on for, like, six more books and just kind of see what happens in these battles. But they were legitimately, like, they fell and then they fell and then they fell and then they fell and then Earth was just destroyed. (laughs) All right. Well, this something something's going on here. So, I mean, I just want to talk not just the battles, but some big significant things that happened throughout this all. Now, 
Gorgon is a person that I've known kind of who he is, but didn't realize how bad of a swordsman, badass of a swordsman he is. Mm-hmm. And him fighting uh, the, oh, what's the name, the white, the white one? Or white the white so- sword? The white sword with his army of 100. Yeah, and that they're all indebted to him when he heals them. And when you see that he, uh, who did he heal already before? He healed Cypher. Yes. Because, because war had poisoned ec- or yep. Wolverine's food, and then Cypher ate it, and then... Yes, also he was, in that whole... He was, um, the white sword, the white one, whatever the fuck his name is, was upset because they were supposed to be in parlay during this meal, yeah. and they had broken the... His side had broken the rules, so he brought Cypher back. Just, I really like that, man of honor. Yeah. Because normally, with how he is, I almost feel like, more of a healer than Wolverine in the sense of seems like he can never die and he can make sure that other people will just always be resurrected. But mm-hmm. what happens is you're then indebted to him for life. What I liked about that is he's like, I'm not going to do that to this poor kid. Cause throughout this all cipher was so out of water. Like he did not deserve to be there. He I didn't even really, it was so cute that his battle was legitimately like, well, you have to marry this woman who you cannot He's, she's legitimately the only person that you cannot understand. Understand, and that's what I think that um, what's her fuck, uh, the fake white queen had <laughs> <laughs> had um, done that because she thought it was going to like upset him, and that he would lose because he couldn't understand. Uh-huh. Who was clear? I mean, her name was Bay. She's like she's. Totally a hundred percent Beyonce. Um, <laughs> when, the, when they introduced her in the, in one of the books, I was like, "Oh, that's Beyonce." Jonathan Hickman just put Beyonce in a comic <laughs> book um, because her voice. She has a very much a, a what's his name from the Inhumans, Black Bolt. Oh yeah, she has a very similar power to mm-hmm. him. Um, but where? But he fucking was like. I can't understand a word this bitch says. I love her. Like, it was such a weird turn. Like, he was yeah. so intrigued by the fact that he couldn't understand and that what she, she was saying. she seems to truly like him. I know. It's very sweet, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, again, I like the White Sword did that. And so, in his fight against Gorgon, which was, like, second to the last battle, where he was just like, he can fight through my guys, more or less teasing him or whatever, if this guy says he's as good as he is. Until he starts realizing every single one of those is actually giving Krakoa the points. And he's like, fuck, I actually need to end this now. Mm-hmm. Ends it and then says, I can resurrect you. Or I can, you know, make you whole, but then you're indebted to me. Right. And this Gorgon knows what's going to happen, though. If he dies here, it's not going to be him coming back. But he also doesn't want to have him serving this guy. So he'd rather take the chances of the resurrection protocols to bring some form of him back than being here. And and again, it was honor and it was cool and It was a super quick way, too, to kind of like, because you spent this whole time watching the numbers go up for the other side and, like, thinking, well, this is dire. Like, nothing... Like, there's just no way that the mutants, the X-Men, whoever, are gonna win. It was, like, 19 to 6 by the time this... by the time Gorgon had to fight... Uh, yeah, pretty much it was yeah. 19 to 6. Because there was, um, 
some of the the I mean I had I was looking through the comics to which one in cable number six which was second to like last of these pretty much uh, it has all twenty five battles here mm-hmm. which again you're like they're just random like they felt so random from whatever she just felt the whim yeah. to be like already you know and even with the contestants but for us you already saw magic versus uh, Pogger Pog. And then they... I fucking love that character. <laughs> I do. And I love that it was revealed that he was, like, a very much like a Wizard of Ozian sort of character, where he was this tiny little dude in this mm-hmm. giant suit. Oh, don't get me wrong. Every single character created for this, I felt was amazing in a way that I truly wanted to know more. Um, Pogger Pog. What was uh, Iska, the undefeated? Yeah. Like, again... Did you not want to see her fight Domino? Like, the whole time. Yes. The minute and when they, they introduced said that, her, I was like, why the fuck is Domino not here? Because, to me, that's the only match that makes well, sense. I love, again, when Magic and Cable were trying to figure out her weaknesses and setting her... It was a little bit comical, but when they're having their <laughs> dinner, anything trying to get her to figure out any weakness. Yeah. And, again, I, that's where I thought Gorgon, who kind of has that, you know, knack to find... Uh, weaknesses Mm -hmm. i thought him fighting her would have been an interesting thing but also this was thinking there can only be one winner or not and meaning this person's gonna win or the person she battles is gonna die but finding out not everything is to the death is kind of good like the whole when wolverine and storm were fighting each other to drink more oh my god and he actually got drunk which was the thing right because he drinks a lot but he does not get drunk well i i had a feeling at that point then Things are going to yeah. get fucked up. But even you had the, the other side. Rocco's people have to fight each other. Yeah. Which was interesting because from this is when Solemn made Wolverine take his, uh, what he owed him. Mm-hmm. And then had a battle on his behalf. And just there, yeah. Each battle was pretty fucking great. Um, but what I wanted to say is there was another battle to the death, which was, um, Isk, or it was Bay versus cable and you had the whole time cypher you know he's a mutant doesn't want cable to die but also doesn't want his new wife to die either right how is that going to work out and this is what felt so real and i've fully now given up on this is cable the cable that i've loved and grown up with well uh, he even says when he contacts his parents is this what you're going to talk about and he's like it should have been the other guy that was here instead of me Meaning old Cable. Old, yeah. bitter, violet, would have killed her 100% yeah. Cable. Because there was even a moment in this battle where it did seem like Cable could have killed her. Oh, he could have. But, but then he was like, I don't want to take Cypher's wife yeah. away from him. Yeah, that compassion yeah. a bit that you know, grizzly old man doesn't have. Oh, he would definitely have killed her 100%. And then him realizing he's going to die and just screaming out to his parents. Like, that really, honestly, right. gut punch. Like, yeah. sometimes you can get emotionally invested and I truly did in that moment and I'm like there's been some fun things with Young Cable of like with each of the uh, the, the Stepford cuckoos mm. and dating one or dating the other and them all kind of going after him and I've really enjoyed this new character now at first like I said I hated this whole making him a young person yeah but it's grown on me, and at that point, it really sold me of... It's a really interesting way to take a character that we were introduced to when he was already, a, like, a fully formed character. Like, when we... When we when they introduced Cable, he was already old and bitter 
and like war torn. And this is like this dude has the same powers. He is Nathan. He is a hundred percent Nathan Summers. But to see the difference in how he's being raised here, as opposed to how he was raised in his previous life, which mm-hmm. was not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was not raised. Um, you know what that does. It's a it's an interesting way to see what that does to a person. Well, yes. Uh, one other, well, two other ones actually. I really want to just talk about is the the um, was it the rumination endurance? It was the white sword versus Wolverine, where they had to stare in a mirror and mm. see every single person they killed. Which, like again, was interesting because from what we learned of the white sword, he's been battling against these demons and holding them off and every single day he resurrects everyone mm-hmm. to then do it over again. He's killed a lot and so is Wolverine. But in that three panels that it showed to explain what they were doing and everything in that last panel of just a single tear rolling down Wolverine's eye, so obviously he lost, was very powerful and impactful. Well, and you know Wolverine's had to kill people he's loved. Yes. And I'm guessing that this other... Was it the White Sword? I thought it was... Um, yeah. I thought it was uh, Death. That no, he... no, he was... It was the White Sword that was, was next to him there in that one. And then the the only other one that I thought was funny, because it was, again, a one-panel one, was... Uh, or a couple panels, was killing the, the cats. So Captain oh. Avalon versus War. Yeah. And he's like, no. And, and the War's like... How many do I need to kill or something like? It was it was a hundred percent just like what do we have to do? And they're like she's like kill the kitten, and um, Captain Avalon Brian was like you wouldn't. And then he show him like trying to wrestle the dude's arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like don't don't even try to do that. And it was like it was like the cute like the traditional like very big eyed sort of like very cute kitten. <laughs> so yeah, and. Really, it comes to that you everyone knew it was going to be the final match, um, Annihilation versus Apocalypse, which which well, Annihilation being Genesis his his wife, wife and controlled. Well, she took the mask off to fight him, so really it was Genesis versus Apocalypse until he went to kill her and the and then mask. then shit happened and then yeah. lots of people come in and then mass hysteria, dogs and cats yeah. living together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's funny because I accidentally um, read out of order on the very last couple. Not the very last couple. I literally missed... I, I skipped X-Men and went to whatever the second... I think it was Excalibur, whatever the second to last one was. And um, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, I read X-Men 15 before I read Excalibur 15 because I just got fucked up in the order. And so I had no idea what was going on because all of a sudden they were just at, in war and I was like, how did this happen? <laughs> thinking they were going to jump back to show how it happened. And then I realized I missed an entire fucking book. Um, but man, it, it, it was, it was very much like the last Avengers movie where like, it took a really long time to get to the end. And then it was like 10 minutes of the most intense battle scene you could possibly yep. have with a, very big spaceship coming in at the end <laughs> to kind of, and I'm glad they did that with the with sword. Sword, yeah. Because that whole 
issue where they went to Sword and they found like the whatever that tech. Oh yeah, that was again. It, I was like, what the? Who the fuck cares? What does this have well, to do with anything? Well, okay, when they did that originally, I'm like. Here's another bad guy coming from yeah. one other side towards the X-Men right. in their universe and thinking after this book they're going to get back to it. But no, that was kind of even a setup for this, yes. which was cool and interesting. I am glad that when I saw, when when she was like, um, when Saturnine or whatever was talking to Cable and she was like, what um, card did you draw? And he was like, the fool. And she was like... Basically, she was like, you're a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. She's like, sometimes your sword isn't just a sword. And he was like, oh, I am a dumbass. Uh, yeah, Mom, Dad. <laughs> yeah. I know what magic? I need to do. Can we, can you guys come get me? <laughs> can you guys come pick me up? <laughs> well, so speaking of cards, too, when they were originally drawn before this whole event started... And there was one Ten of Swords, and there was, like, different this of this that she had drawn to kind of set up her what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, then they were all given different uh, ones to begin with. So you read these, and you think you know what they mean, mm -hmm. but you don't. They don't, yeah. Like, uh, you know, the Two of Cups, I didn't think that was going to mean marriage, but that's what Cypher had drawn, and that's what he got. So obviously I knew when I saw The Fool that I'm like, that's going to probably be something important, but I have no clue what, because some of the other ones didn't seem to make sense until right. it did. So the thing I liked about that whole thing is they had, um, I can't remember the mutant's name, but the one that does, I think her name is Tarot, the one that reads the tarot cards, and she was going through and, and talking about them, because I guess she had, she was trying to see on Earth what was going to happen and she was reading her own cards and she was getting them and she talked about the that's the thing I got the most out of it she talked about the fool and she was like that the fool doesn't mean necessarily what you think it means sort of thing so I'm like okay well um hopefully that means Cable isn't just going to die <laughs> right away yeah um but you know of course the fucking summer clan has to come together and you know they have to come save their kid I don't want to lose him again. Well, I think even... Uh, I'm getting a little sick of their fucking relationship, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> well, I'm just now thinking of two, because like I said, some things made sense, but even putting... Didn't Wolverine pull death? I feel like... Or no. no uh, Storm. Storm did, yes. Yeah. I liked that, that whole... That was... Like, he was like, hey, baby. And yeah. she was like, fuck you. <laughs> I, if there, oh, there was just... It was... Like, again, I really enjoyed this event. It mm -hmm. was good. It didn't feel forced. Like, I kind of went on that Empire one was kind of started off good, but just felt yeah like there's nothing. And as you said, too, repercussions never truly seem to right. come about. But I think because this was in a different world, so it wasn't all of Earth and everything, I think we're going to see more well, coming because it's X-Books and it strictly was only involving X-Men instead of some Avengers and something sure. else for. So, let's talk about the end, right? So, no one really won and no one really lost at the end of it, right? They each... Uh, they had to... There they, was a death on both sides. They had to choose... Basically, they had to do like a, a swap, right? That's the way Saturnine was going to be like, all right, fine, you guys can go back to your respective places, but one person from from Earth has to stay here and one person from here has to go to Earth. And 
Genesis chose Apocalypse, and he was very glad to stay. And so I thought what was going to happen was Bay was going right. to go back. I think that she's going sense. back anyway. But yeah. when he decided, because technically Krakoa and Arakoa or Rako or whatever. It's A-R-R-O-K or A-K-O or A... A-K-O-A. So no, it's just an uh, O at the end. Are you sure? Yeah, I have it right here. Pretty sure. Um, yeah, A-R-A-K-K-O. But anyway. However you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, technically, yeah, they we are... We don't speak a, a Rocco, a Krakoan, so... No. They, 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 they both are mutants, right? When it comes down to it. So they had to choose a mutant to stay and to go. And Apocalypse, Apocalypse chose the island so that they could merge those two back together. Yeah, so I, I'm interested in that. I want to know what happens with that. I <laughs> really thought that was a sneaky... Yeah. Oh, that's one of those getting around a genie's kind of right. like wish restriction things. Like, And when Saturnine was like, oh. Because she's like, well, it has a lot of mutants on it too, which you would be also pulling. And he's just like, that's kind of what I wanted to do as well. Because right. my whole job was for... My whole life is to get them back. Which... There's still some interesting history of that. Because mm -hmm. when you retcon things, I don't feel this was retconning anything. It's just stuff that we never knew about Apocalypse because this was in a different dimension that no one knew except for him. So, of course, it could come about and say it's always been there throughout everything. But that he did it and that he's now going to be gone is until he's come back because obviously he said to tell you know tell everyone that you know till I see them again because mm -hmm. you know they can't keep Apocalypse gone for forever right or but maybe I, or maybe they can but I, like even, there's just so much about Apocalypse that is one dimensional but seemed a little bit more in this like well, he talked to Cable young Cable a couple times about you know like this is what it's to be a man or this and that and it's like God, you are still kind of a dick, a survival of fittest, but also you seem to be a little less as one-minded, one-tracked yeah. in that sense. Like, he was like, use, that's something a human would say. Right. But you're a mutant, be proud. So, the thing I liked about, because Apocalypse has always been like, I want to bring about the superiority of the mutant race and like kill everybody on Earth and that sort of thing. And mm -hmm. it's and it, it was nice to kind of, like, you knew you knew he was one of the first mutants, and you knew that he had, like, his children were, like, the four horsemen of the apocalypse and stuff like that, and that he would try and recreate them throughout time and things like that. But it was nice to see, like, how he came to that, having been with his family and staying while they all were, leave, you know, had were separated, and his whole mission was to be like, I'm going to rebuild, I'm going to make sure that this realm is built in our image. So to see, like, that was his drive the whole time was, like, honoring his family and his line and making sure that mutants were, like, the strongest species on the earth and stuff like that kind of lends a little bit more to his previous engagements with the X-Men where you're looking at it differently a little bit because you're like, oh, I, I understand the motivation more than it just being really kind of evilly yeah. sort of thing. Um, Jonathan Hickman has done a very good job of, of, of taking that character, which was always one-dimensional, kind of, as you said, where it was like you knew what his purpose was and it 
no matter how many times somebody rewrote him, it was always the same fucking story. Yeah. Um, and and it's not he's not that to me anymore. He's like a fully formed sort of character, and I felt happy for him. When he got to reunite with his wife and stay there, I was like, oh, good for Apocalypse. <laughs> Whereas before, I probably would have been like, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves to die. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was that, I liked that, that whole kind of breaking the cracks in his armor sort of thing, the choices that he made, but still knowing at the end of the day that he was like, this is how mutants die when Gorgon died. Right, mm-hmm. and he pointed that out. This is how a mutant yeah. dies, sort of thing, and you know that his whole family was. I mean, his genesis, a hundred percent, was always like it doesn't matter if somebody dies; it's because they were weak, and so I don't care if anybody in my family dies. I don't care who dies. It just the stronger person won out, and that's our whole purpose. I just again, it was good. I really do wish, though, someone could pronounce how we should say the other, the other uh, island's name, and and also how to say Saturnins. 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 Um, I know why. Like the the shit needs to come with fucking like pronunciation guides. Yeah, I mean we have hard enough time pronouncing the writers and artists, or just normal <laughs> words yes. that we should know because we're humans. <laughs> So ultimately, the death toll comes down to, um, I mean... There's just a couple people on both yeah, sides. Um, for, you know, the Krokoan champions, uh, Captain Britain and Gorgon. Right. And I did think at the end she was coming back, but it doesn't seem like it. But it, I almost feel like... Oh, you mean when she was putting the pieces back yeah. together? Yeah. And, I, and so I almost do feel, though, they will find that Bessie Braddock, especially with having an entire core of people, that might be the direction that goes into is to find her essence so that she can be truly resurrected in the 616 universe. Because, mm-hmm. again... I mean, she spent an she entire, did... like, decade well, inside of another person. Yeah. So. <laughs> so what's... And also, it seemed like it wasn't a death. She turned into glass, meaning it was a magic thing. So I don't think death in the sense of she's truly dead. Right. She's just lost somewhere in the omniverse. Yeah. Uh, she's trapped in one of those magical floating mirrors like in Superman. Pretty much so. <laughs> um, and then I'm really interested in what's going to happen with Gorgon um, as well. Again, I thought there was going to be f- some more death. Yeah. With the whole resurrection things, but it already seems like, as I already said, there's already some fuck ups with the resurrection protocols, anyways. Mm-hmm. That will be really interesting down the road. And then on the other side, uh, Summoner died and Death died. Yep. And those are the two there, which. I thought, oh yeah, that's right, just those two. I thought there was one other one, but. Yeah, that truly died. Yeah. Uh, well, um, what's her name? Um, the Red Root got pretty much captured. Yeah. Because she caused destruction in that, I want. A whole and also, book they about said. Well, they also said the Bra- market. Like, I'm so that place intrigues me so much that I kind of want to see more of it. Well, when they talk about the food, like a whole page of pros of just yeah. the food and what it was, I'm like intrigued, but also like I don't care. But then, like, also intrigued of this marketplace yeah. and that whole race. Well, and he was from England, the guy who runs it, right? Was yeah. he from England originally? Yeah, he was originally from, because he even, in one of the things was like, 
if this goes south, uh, save these couple things. I'm yeah. sending you a magic jar to, like, TARDIS thing to throw these things into. And, again, more just fleshing out of stuff that didn't think I needed to know. Right. But I was intrigued enough that I want to know more. Yeah. I, um, I, well, and the there was a page of prose that was, um... Major Domo was basically taking notes about what was happening and bringing it back to Mojo. And Mojo was already trying to figure out how he was going to turn this into like a, a television series. Yes, that was interesting. And I as thought well. that was really entertaining. I, the thing I really liked most about this event is I 100% thought it was going in one direction and then it turned out to be more of a chess sort of thing than like just a one on one battle, which I appreciated because. If it would have just been fighting, I think I probably would have lost interest. Like, if it was just 100% this person versus this person fight, like a Mortal Kombat yeah. sort of situation, then I don't know that I would have stayed so invested in the story. Again, I probably would have, but I enjoyed this more, yeah. is what I should say. Like, because, yes, in a normal, any other situation, I would be like, probably give up. Just because I'm so invested now, I would have sat through it. But I'm just glad that I was surprised. It was such... infinitely more interesting than just a, a book about two people fighting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hands down, uh, this was an event that again, I thought for sure there's things that I'm still curious in what's going on before this. Remember when they made that one sword out of the old cerebro, the cerebro sword? Mm. When Magneto made that, mm -hmm. when. Xavier kind of got assassinated and then he now has a new cerebral helmet and that one bad guy has it. I thought that was going to be one of the swords. Yeah. Because you just made a sword and there's an there event coming up about swords. Paid, yeah, a lot of attention paid to because that. Because some of these swords were not even used. No. Interesting. It really... Because I kept wanting to research more of the swords. Like, what can this sword do? What will this mm -hmm. power set give them to enhance? And it didn't... A foot race had nothing to do with their swords that they got. Like, yeah, yeah, just pure, yeah, random, awesome. It really was like I, I have to get like I have to give it up, to Jonathan Hickman, obviously the architect of this whole thing. The way he made like the the character of Saturnine or whatever the fuck her name is, um, clearly was like she was the Jonathan Hickman of this universe. Like every thing that she did every every battle that was created every person that was there was a hundred percent thought out ahead of time and for a very particular purpose so it was almost like jonathan hickman inserting himself into the book and being like look at what i've done look at it mm. isn't it marvelous all of this has purpose like <laughs> And it was just, it was, it was good. It was a well done event that hopefully has repercussions and should, considering that they brought in an entire fucking land full of hundreds and millions of millions, other mutants that have been thousands. raised in a way that. Yeah. So what's going to happen with that? And I hope, I hope that they actually address that and don't just kind of ignore that it happened and they're like look at all these new mutants and that's just kind of where it goes <laughs> yeah it will be like they need to they need to keep going but i trust that jonathan hickman will it'd be like if he gives up on it now i'm gonna be like well fuck you dude i'm gonna stop reading <laughs> <laughs> uh 
So, yes, that is our all that we want to talk on that until the next big X event. I think we'll save a few X books for not reviewing. Yeah, unless just... something really amazing happens, which I know it's going to. So I just take back everything I said about not talking about them because they've been solid books since this whole inception. I am getting, I am, I am getting the X Men fatigue though, for sure. Like, you know, it's always like this with the X Men books. They always put out like twenty titles, and you don't have to read all of them. But then you have an event like this where you have to read all yeah, of them. Yeah, you had to read these. Like, had you just read a couple of them? Yeah, there's no way. Well, again, there was some stuff that happened off panel, so you could kind of learn because you didn't miss those. But you really would have missed some integral yeah. like fights. Yeah. So, I think I'm gonna have to take a break from the X Men for a while. We'll see. Unless something super intriguing. But again, I also want to know what fucking happens afterwards. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, well, that was a long review. But I, I know. mean, that expanded multiple books. And... I mean, it was, there were 22 books. Yeah. <laughs> and we did, we only covered like the last half of them, really, <laughs> yep. honestly. Uh, and I was really tired after reading them all today, too, as I read 10 of them today. But... <laughs> right before recording? Right. Well, I was caught up. In the past two weeks, actually, it was only, it only took me a couple days to read through it. I read Ready Player Two because that came out um, right before Thanksgiving, and I read through it, and it only took me a couple days. It sounds like you don't want to <laughs> doing those things here's, that your your mom said. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything here, at all. Here's what I have to say about it. Um, it is definitely. Not as good as the first one. I don't know that anything ever could. Like, if you were to to go off of the first one, I don't know that anything could be as good as the first one. When I when Josh asked me about it, I explained it to him like this. You know how you have that friend, me, who likes to talk about the X-Men, right? And... They're passionate about it, and you hear them talk about it, and you're like, oh, this is really interesting to hear them talk about it. They clearly really love it. But then they get, like, an hour into the conversation, and you're like, oh, my God, shut the fuck up. I get it. You love the X-Men. Like, that's the way I felt about this book and anything from the 80s. Because I got halfway through the book, and I was like, I get it, dude. You fucking love the 80s. I understand. Can we, like, not spend so much time on that? <laughs> <laughs> So there was a lot of things that I actually really liked about the book and a lot of interesting things. There were parts of it that were just so stretched out that I got halfway through that part of the story and I was like, come on, dude, fucking move on to the next plot point. I'm over this already. And it was also very clear to me that... Um, the view of relationships that the author has or thinks the author <laughs> thinks young people have is very like either you are 100% fully infatuated in love with somebody or like you hate each other or like one person is going to eternally pine over somebody they can't have. Like those are the three types of relationships you can have in this world. Full 100% infatuation love that lasts until the end of time. Complete hatred. Or, I love you, but you don't love me, so now that my whole life is going to be dedicated towards trying to get you to love me. Like, those are it. 
that's the breadth of a relationship in this world. And it's really irritating because relationships are not like that. Who cares about relationships? We want adventure and secrets this, and I mean, Easter this, eggs. This whole book is about love and pining and, and want and human connection. Which is funny because it takes place in a fake world where there is actually yeah. no real human connection. But the the new technologies and the the way it, the Oasis is expanded on in the world and its kind of commentary and how every day we kind of get further pulled into virtual worlds and not and exist less in the real world and more online is was good. So I would say definitely read it. Just know it's not Ready Player One. Well, yeah, it's Ready Player Two. <laughs> it's, but your experience is going to be totally different. Um, I would say it's worth. It. I mean, it's a really easy book to read. That's the thing. It, it took me a couple days, so it's not like you're wasting a ton of time reading it either. Well, speaking of reading from Marvel, uh, we have some already cancel cancelizations cancellations. Okay. Um, this year, obviously, with everything going on has messed up a lot of different storylines and everything. Like, this whole X-Men books, I want to say, were supposed to come out this summer. They delayed the X-Books as often as they were coming out to kind of push this back a bit to where they thought... And I want to think because everyone thought the fall was going to be the time. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things now switching, especially in this moment, that we'll also get to, but um, it looks like uh, Ironheart is ending, uh, Doctor Strange is ending, um... Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Daily Bugle. These are just more or less looking at what they've already canceled in the line. So if they've already had a couple out, it looks like they're not having any more yeah. in the series. That could change for later, but it looks like they're off the slate now for the rest of this year when they're supposed to come out. So <clears throat> Marvel has announced its next two events. And one of them, sadly... Has to do with the Phoenix. Well, that's what yeah, that's what I was actually just gonna get into as well. Because I know how happy you will be because you love the Phoenix. Oh, God, I, listen, I love the character the Phoenix, embodied by Jean Grey. The Phoenix Force has become a tool for Marvel to use to like, just have a great destructive force, and then like it gives them a clean slate to start over from, and. You had said it, like, oh, we used Phoenix Force this year, next year we'll use Thanos. Like, it's definitely like a Phoenix Force, Thanos, Phoenix Force, Thanos. And I'm tired of those two characters. Yeah. <laughs> you know what Me I too. mean? It's like, first of all, when Jean Grey was resurrected, she came face to face with the Phoenix Force and was like, be gone with you. Now, uh, clearly that just meant be gone with you from me. I'm not going to house you anymore. And Jean Grey is the only character that can control the Phoenix Force in a way I'm like, and not even really control Wait, it. Wait, you didn't like the Phoenix Five? No. <laughs> I fucking hated that. And I'm going to hate this. And it's Wait, you don't think Wolverine can control it? Because it shows that he has. I know. I just don't understand. And then that went nowhere. I just don't understand. Like, they've done this already. Mm -hmm. They they did this already. They used X-Men characters, so I guess maybe now they're going to have other characters in the Marvel Universe have the Phoenix story. So this is Jason Aaron's Avengers, is the Enter the Phoenix storyline. So, 
at least it's not having to deal with X-Men. The only th- reason why I, I do feel like give this are they gonna, a small... Are they going to do it like Enter the Dragon? Because if they're going to be in like this big dojo where a character has to go in and face a Phoenix-powered person and defeat them and then go to the next level, then maybe I'll read it. Well, I think... This, <laughs> do you remember two years ago when they had that special um, where it kind of had a lot of small Marvel stories and they talked about the Avengers BC... Oh yeah, and it had the original Phoenix Force that looked like. Well, the original Phoenix, yeah. yeah, just and and then like it had Odin instead of yeah. Thor and the first uh, Black Panther and everything. I have a feel, and that was Avengers. So I, from that story, which I truly did enjoy, and they've revisited a couple times. I'm more curious if this is going to have to tie into that, not just the BC Avengers, because it's obviously going to be uh, modern day type stuff. But I'm almost, here's the thing, I'm going to first read the, at least the first issue. Yeah. I'm curious enough if it's tying into something different than what we've always seen. And then I'll, I'll give you the, good. at least maybe you should read it. I don't think it's going to be good. It's, I do love Jason Aaron, so I'm not saying he is going to make something. Jason Aaron is the motherfucker that made us wait for a whole year to figure out who was the new Thor. So I don't like Jason Aaron very much. <laughs> kiss my ass (laughs) but i do like again it's just such an overused like oh we've done this and this and this and this we have to mix things up a bit i know let's bring in the phoenix force that's a hard thing for them to beat yeah i mean come on come on and then we all know what happens is everything will be destroyed but then before it leaves it it gives a nice kiss to the earth and everything gets well, reborn again. Because the next event after that is not rebirth, but it is, they're calling it the 2021 rebirth, which DC did. Did. <laughs> and so they're probably not actually going to call it the rebirth, but so they're canceling all these books, but then they're going to do Enter the Phoenix, and then they're going to have their rebirth, and who the fuck knows what's going to happen after that. Right, all of these characters could come. I don't, I don't trust comic book companies to fucking stick to anything anymore. <laughs> if you like Ironheart, guess what? She'll probably be back. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, are you watching The Mandalorian? Yes. Did you watch this last? Yes. So, uh, yeah, that was like I. This is really, I don't want to spoil it for the few people that haven't watched it yet, but please just go watch that. Well, like, if you have Disney and you haven't watched it yet, then fuck you. I mean, yes, by the time our podcast gets put up, you should have had yeah. enough time. Uh, but when I was watching it, I told my roommate, like, guarantee you whatever it says in that, like, cryptic thing that was coming up from um, yeah. the, uh, the arm thing, someone on Reddit's going to decipher that. Well, sure enough, they, they've decoded Boba Fett's message and was it the one where he was like this is my dad and this is me wasn't that just his family line pretty much shows yeah. what it was but it was in a I, I don't know if it was Mandalorian right. like it was weird not alien language right. and so someone did yeah it, it's kind of broken up in what they could translate but it was foundling took mm. into the year the Concord Dawn mentor Jost father Fett Boba Fett. So that doesn't say much unless you do understand Star Wars lore and everything. Well, and it's basically it, it is kind of what he was it's saying. It's what he said in the show. Yeah. yeah, 
Um, how exciting... So, spoilers, fucking fast forward five minutes or something if you don't want to listen to this. Um, how excited were you when fucking Slave One <laughs> yeah, well, rolled up onto the screen? I was like... Mm-hmm. When I saw that... And so here's the thing, too. I was uh, doing something else, and I came into my living room and my roommate was already watching and I was like, what the fuck, dude? He goes, well, I'm almost over. I'll rewatch it again because this was great. And I'm like, all right. So when it first comes out, so he already knew what was happening. I saw, I was like, is that Slave 1? That's got to be Slave 1. Who stole Slave 1? Because I was thinking, there's no way we're getting Boba in this. But he was already in it. But I thought he would be a big, like, end of this mm. Uh, season type thing or something, you know, like yeah. the arc goes towards, oh, he shows up. And also what I thought the ending of the season would be, which also happened was then baby Yoda would be taken. Right. Not mid season. Yeah. Mando really shit the bed on that one, didn't he? Yeah. Um, the thing I thought I really loved the episode. I liked the last episode more. Um, with Ahsoka Tano, but um, I enjoyed the return of Boba Fett. I think he looked really adorable in his armor. <laughs> it looked, it was just so, it's so ill. It was like a grandpa putting on his old, like, army uniform yeah. sort of thing. Um, but I, I was intrigued by that, like, he was on the planet with his armor when Timothy Hot Pants had it. That's my. That's what I call Timothy Ol- Oliphant, is Timothy Hot Pants. <laughs> um, he had, he had it, Boba's armor. On the same planet as Boba that whole time. So why now is he going chasing after the armor now that a Mandalorian has it? You know what I oh, mean? That's true, like yeah. why didn't he just go get it from the dude that he clearly could have just went and gotten it from yeah, there? I don't... Why is he going after it now? Interesting. Yeah. But you know, plot. That's why. I mean the answer to that ideally is just plot. It had yeah. to bring them together somehow. Um But yeah, I know so many and and so Josh, I watched it with Josh, and Josh doesn't have as much Star Wars knowledge as I do. And he was like, I don't understand. He's like, Boba Fett was like in one movie, and he was in it for like 10 minutes. Why do people fanboy about him so much? He wasn't even that great in the movie. Like, he didn't do that much, really, honestly. And then he got fucking swallowed up by a pit with teeth. And I was like, but you have to have read the book about him when he escapes the Sarlacc pit and what happens to him after that. And that's why people fucking fanboy over Boba Fett so much. It has nothing to do with the movie at all. Like, the lore behind him and the fervor behind that character has nothing to do with the fucking ten minutes he was in in the movie. Really. So... You know, if you don't understand, then definitely go pick up... I can't remember the name of the book. Do you remember the name of the Boba Fett book? Did you ever read it? No. No? No. I didn't get into a lot of those, uh, the extended universe and everything. Like, I wish I did. More or less, I just read, you know, Wikipedia. Right. But I have read the Thrawn books, and Mm. those interesting. And that was something that... Um, Ahsoka saying his name, being like, yeah, I would almost like if they really do go into a Thrawn type. Because uh, I'm enjoying what we're doing with Mando, but having its own series, I almost feel like let's pretend episode seven, eight, and nine never happen, and let's just have the universe go on from here. Let's just 
not go beyond what we have our characters here. Let's pretend that future doesn't exist. Mm. Like, let's just have Thrawn. And, and also what would be great is it would explain a little bit more. Because obviously they're already trying to show how the Emperor got resurrected. Like, I did like in the last episode when they showed what they're using the child for. For his blood and everything. Which seems to be attempting to resurrect. That's cool. But one of the things that most people always said with episode 7 was... How did all of a sudden, like, the Empire just come back as the First Order or whatever? Well, if you can space that in between of Thrawn, help gather mm-hmm. them all, and do what he does, that could be at least satisfying to see why they all of a sudden had a random other Death Star planet killer thing. Right. Because you had a competent leader yeah. during this vacuum of things, but... Oh, that's so good. Um, Jay from An Elegant Weapon shared a, uh, like a one page art piece on his Facebook page. And it was, um, Ahsoka Tano meeting, um, Luke after, uh, Return of the Jedi and Ahsoka Tano saying to him, um, you look just like your father. I wish you could have met him. And uh, Luke saying, I did. He he turned back at the end. And, like, just the the tears in her eyes and stuff like that. Like, it's totally non-canon and just some artist's rendition of what they hope happens. And I was like, oh, my God. Hmm. <laughs> I hope that really happens with the show. And then I start crying because I'm a big baby. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, fucking good-ass show. Good, good, good stuff. Um. So... Again, I, I bring this up because of who created it, but there was a new Match.com commercial. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't care for commercials all that much anymore like I used to when I was into advertising. But hearing that Ryan Reynolds did this, I'm like, okay, it's got to be good. It was really good. And watch, Yeah, that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, if you haven't watched it yet, Ryan Reynolds um, posted it on his... Twitter, Instagram, whatever, you can go see it. It's a Match.com. Satan meets 2020. Uh, (laughs) And it was just, it was such a cute, um, fun idea for for a company that's like, all right, well, they probably actually did take a hit. I mean, I can't imagine too many people were trying to, like, use these dating apps whilst... (laughs) Whilst a pandemic was going on. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, it was super cute. Um, so, something I announced back in the summer that I learned, and we've got more information and everything, is G4 coming back. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm very excited for that. There has not been a lot of solid news of what's going on, but they just did over uh, last weekend their... Um, Reunion special, which did you? I can't remember. Did you watch G four or four? I didn't like. It used to constantly be on during the day in my house because they played Ninja Warrior, like the mm-hmm. old school Ninja Warrior, and I used to watch the shit out of that. I didn't really watch like Attack of the Show or anything like that, but I knew of those shows. Really, it was just my um, gateway to Ninja Warrior. <laughs> well, one of the things that I always loved about. The people on those shows, um, especially Attack of the Show, is Kevin and Olivia. They they were themselves, 
but they also kind of would play characters on the show for the laughs. Kind of like how we can kind of sometimes do that when Mm -hmm. we're saying dumb things here. And I guess something that I missed uh, over the years that they've been off the air was Olivia and Kevin, I guess, had some kind of falling out and some giant feud that, Hmm. like, got toxic in, like, news articles kind of about it. Like, not friends. So they're in this reunion show, and they kind of, they brought that up. And also the whole setup for the reunion show was, again, it was kind of a skit to to get them back, but it was really them on, being honest about reminiscing and what could possibly be coming forth. And in good old-fashioned G4 style, like, they're like, well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think anything was it. And, like, well, he's like, yeah, I don't think there's anything. And then it goes into a little bit, but you did do this, and then no, but you did this, and then they start bickering. Obviously, it seems like they've buried the hatchet Mm because they're on the same thing, which is great. But again, it I just love it brought me back. This is Olivia Munn, right? Yes. Like he made it was it because she did the X Men movie and did a terrible job. Is that I would have stopped being friends (laughs) with her too. I didn't play it. It seemed like it was at a signing at a con or something. Uh, I don't know exactly why. And it maybe maybe it was him jealous of her getting more in the spotlight. So I even noticed, I was following uh, Kevin Pereira uh, on um, YouTube channels, and then that kind of stopped back in, I want to say even a year ago, so I'm like wondering if he stopped his channels because knowing this is in the, the works. Babe. Again, not knowing what all is going to happen with G4, but this whole hour long, and they also did a couple other gaming things uh, throughout raising for raising money, just it really brought me back. They did some clips. They did some rehashing mm-hmm. of bits, um, having them all there in the same room. And I even tweeted, or not tweeted, I texted it because I don't tweet, uh, to some of my friends who then started watching it just being like, damn, I felt like a kid again yeah. watching this. Um, one of the things that they announced who is another person I follow on YouTube, um, Xavier Woods. He's a wrestler, but he has a big gaming channel, and they announced him as one of the new hosts. and. Mm. I just can't wait till whenever this is going to come out. I think spring. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have no feelings about it whatsoever. Are they going to play old Ninja Warrior episodes? Because if so, then yes, I totally. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Who knows? Like, I miss all... I watched the new Ninja Warrior, and I it makes me pine for, like, the old Ninja Warrior days. Like, it's just such a huge spectacle now. I really enjoyed watching it when it took place in Japan, and it was just kind of like this simple... There was no buildup. It was just people running a fucking race against weird shit. <laughs> um, I guess one of the, the things that I still want to quick talk about is movies. Yes. And uh, Warner Brothers' attempt to kill theaters. See, I don't think it's the attempt to kill theaters. Theaters no? are just going to be dead regardless. I don't agree with that. Okay, so... Next year, there is not going to be 100% capacity in any movie theaters regardless. Yeah, and I'll give them that. I'll give you that. Like, for a year. I hope it's just a year. So, as as them as a company. So, ultimately, they have now announced that they are going to put all the movies that they had on Slate for 2021. And there's some big movies on here. Uh, Dune. Dune is a huge one. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even say Matrix 4. Mm -hmm. Some people are still excited for that. Uh, King Kong um, versus Godzilla. Uh, you know, there's some probably some not hits You would in there, rather like watch King Kong versus Godzilla on a small screen in your house. No, I'm not saying what I would want to. a giant screen with surround sound in the movie theater? Well, they're still... So they're still going to... Their big thing is they're still going to release them in movie theaters. They're still planning on doing that. 
But for those people that don't want to go out, which will be a good chunk of people, right. you can subscribe to HBO Max. Sure. Here's the thing. Let's say they didn't do this thing where they're putting it on HBO Max and they just put it released in the theaters. They're going to go the way of Tenant, which didn't make dick. Let's say they have option two where let's stall these for an entire another year till maybe then when movie theaters are at 100% capacity. Oh, but we're still filming other movies right now that are then supposed to come out in 2022. Where are we going to put them all? Right. Also, they're losing money on their side because there's not a lot of new content right. coming out immediately for this foreseeable future. So how do you how do you make money? Well, you're, you're wanting more people to start then using their streaming service. How do you do that? Put up a new tentpole movie each month so that it's not a... I'm just going to tune in this month. I mean, I guess you... Right. Because then it's going to be gone. It's only going to be there for a month. So my concern is this. Like, I'm cool with them joining it in 2021. And I understand Oh, you think it's going to be made a precedent? Yes. Gotcha. That is my issue with it. It makes sense for 2021. Because, again, like, the virus isn't just going to disappear. Even once we get the... Um, vaccine. Vaccine. There's still tons of people who, like, it's going to take a long time for people to all get vaccinated. Yeah. Right? So it's going to be a while. And on top of that, you're, you, you, we've dealt with a year of people losing jobs and stuff like that. So people aren't going to have the money necessarily to go to the theater. Like, HBO Max is what, 10, 12 bucks a month? 20 bucks a month yeah. max? Like, it's way more feasible that people are going to drop 10 to 20 bucks a month for a streaming service than they are to spend. $40, to go see a movie in the theater. So I get it. It makes sense for 2021. My my concern is that it's going to be very successful and that this is going to be the way it is going forward. And I, being somebody who loves films, am afraid of movie theaters going away. I love going to see a movie in the movie theater. It is one of my most favorite things to do. I believe there are movies that should not be viewed outside of the movie theater. Like, they're meant to be oh, viewed on a big sure. screen. Like, I am excited to watch Wonder Woman on Christmas Day. I'm very excited to see it. Mm -hmm. Dune, I'm excited to see that. Well, that's one I want to see in the big screen. Yes, though. I would prefer to see them on a big screen. The experience... So I'm just... I'm a little worried about that part of it. I'm not... I'm, I understand the reason for doing it now. I'm just worried that it's going to be something. And it's something that they've talked about for a long time doing. Like doing the co-releases. Yeah. Streaming and and in theaters. I just, I don't think it's going to be a norm. I mean, one of the big things right now, too, that Warner Brothers is, well, not Warner, uh, AT&T, who owns HBO Max and Warner Brothers now. Um, even though they're different divisions, how th shit works in business is weird, but... They are in 160 billion of debt. Now, debt in business can mean one thing than another when you're solely when you acquire things mm -hmm. and everything. But they're not making any money right now right. for the foreseeable. So the, again, for shareholders and all that hoopla, you need to show something. Right. This at least is going to say, "Hey, look at our HBO Max streaming service." Right. At least that's pulling in money. And I don't understand why. They don't just do what Bill and Ted did, where you can oh buy buy it for twenty bucks. See, that's what I would have thought for these because they would be making you would, the money. Yeah, but I think this is more of a long term goal. Like right. it's getting buzzed right now. Of so course. so yeah, yeah, yeah. even if they were to to go with um, and that's what I thought originally this was all going to be too. 
Wonder Woman, 20 bucks Christmas Day. Or you could go to the theater right. if it in your area somehow has theaters open. Cool. Best of both worlds, and they're making money, 20 bucks right. for that movie. Um, but it's just that one movie. Let's say that's the only movie you wanted to watch. Well, I guess so then it would be too. You wouldn't really keep the streaming service, but maybe they're just hoping that mm-hmm. $15 this month, sure, they could have made 20 off of Wonder Woman. Right. But now going into the next month, you're going to forget to either cancel or you're going to see some other things on there like Doom Patrol. Long term is a lot better than the short term games that they mm-hmm. could get from the 20. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not business anymore savvy. I mean, clearly. A company like Warner Brothers doesn't just make a decision like this just to kind yeah. Of see they have to see know some thoughts. Yeah, I just as a person who like literally most of my adult life up until like the last five years was a hundred percent encompassed by movies. Like my whole world, how I made money had to do with movies. I love watching movies. It is the one thing in my life that they were like, "We're you can't watch movies anymore." I would probably kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the one of the things that I love to do the most is watch movies. Um, so I just have, you know, I have concerns about them killing theaters. And because theaters are already struggling. And I don't want them to go away. I love going to them so much. Oh, yeah, me too. So. And it brings up, like, thoughts of Black Widow. Is Disney going to go that route? I mean, they already did with Mulan. And from everything I heard and saw, I don't think Mulan would have. They would have it made was money. probably the best decision they yeah, made for, for that movie. For that movie. Yeah. Black Widow, not so much. They right. could still make a ton of money, but you can't delay it for forever because it's going to really F up their phases right. and everything. And Will it, though? Because it's a prequel. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, it I wouldn't really. I feel like really. it's probably the one movie they could just hold off on infinitely unless they put something in the post credit scene. I feel like this, even right. it's a prequel, though, I think there's, yeah, probably something that happens in this. Right. That maybe resonate. Right. But then again, too, yeah, they have some of the TV shows that are also going to go into the next phase. So who knows? But I think it would be wise of them to do it, mainly because I just want to see it sooner than waiting forever. Yes. Could they make more money if they waited? Sure. But again, how long are you going to wait on this? And so I think there's going to be an announcement soon. They have uh, sometime this week a Disney board meeting, something or other going on. And there's, you know, obviously with now Warner Brothers announcing their whole thing, they're obviously going to be thinking maybe we should right. should do that. There's also talks of merging Disney Plus and Hulu, which there's always been those talks, but now they're thinking more than ever, this is the yeah. time to finally just merge them under one. I mean, I'd be happy with that because it would be like right now I'm paying for two. And if they merge them, then I would just be paying for one. And it might be a little bit more. But it hopefully would be less than less than two. Two, yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm not playing. I take that back. We got a year free of Disney Plus because we are Verizon. Oh, nice users. So when Disney Plus first came out, Verizon gave you a free year of Disney Plus. I don't know that we're paying for it yet, but <laughs> we will. We'll keep it because there's a lot of shit coming out on it that I'm very excited. Yeah, WandaVision being the biggest one. But, and that's the big thing too with all these new streaming services that sucks. You need to have this one to watch this one and this mm-hmm. one to watch this one. It would be great to have just one. Right. However, uh, there's a big problem with the Disney Plus brand, which is the the worst thing on that is PG-13. Right. And that may have some 
And most of those are probably the Marvel movies Didn't where it has some the violence. Wolverine movie off of it because of it being a little overly Pro- violent? Probably. Yeah. But they stick all that stuff on Hulu because Hulu has rated our movies and some adult things. So you have parents that know they can let their kid flip through whatever on Disney Plus. Right. If they have it under new, you know, Hulu Plus or whatever they call it, how are they going to do both those catalogs? So I, mean, I almost feel they should just stay separate. Or the other network shows that go on Hulu, where are those going to go to that aren't Disney properties? Oh, you mean like because Hulu is essentially at the base of it, a place where you can watch other TV? other networks too. Yeah, I would hope that they would keep that. Yeah, that is a good question. Um, the first thing that you brought up with the more R-rated, like, yes. But also, like, parents fucking just pay attention to what your kids are watching. When it comes down to it, just be a parent. (laughs) Just know what your kids are watching. I mean, you can't expect a corporation to, like, police your children's viewing time. Um, Well, so, you say two things that coincide with what I was going to say next. Kind of, sort of. So, rated R, Deadpool. Yeah. They announced the other week that they are making a third Deadpool movie and it's going to be rated R. Fuck yes. Yes. So happy about that. I don't think it would have been dumb on Marvel's part to think, oh, let's try to make this PG. It just, it's not that type of movie. No. It would have sucked yes. completely. Mm-hmm. But then there was still the worry of it's Disney. How are they going to do it? They're probably going to put it under. We've talked about it before. There's different right. movie studios that they have, so it won't be a. Marvel studio, but it will be, you know, presented by Marvel. Um, but also, you're saying as parents to, to watch things. Uh, so, Ryan Reynolds' is, uh, mom, you know the feud that's been going on with mm. Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, she's siding with Hugh Jackman. Ah, because he's, why? Because he's, uh, he wasn't an R-rated movie. Logan was R-rated. <laughs> well, I don't even, well, yeah, well, it's not because of that, though. It's mm. just, you know... She's just supporting him in, um, in his endeavors. It's uh, funny. Yeah. Such a cute little thing they have going on. I appreciate it. Oh, for sure. Like, because you know it's, you know they love each other. Like, at the, at, the, at the end of the day, you know that's what it is. But it's still fun to watch. Because every once in a while you're like, do they really? Do they really not like each other that much? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they love each other, right? They love each other. They have to. Like, you would never spend this much time with somebody you hate. Oh, no. And in fact, I, I like, I wonder if really when they are doing these things, I can genuinely see them, like, all right, I'm making another one, so you guys start working on yours so we can release them at the same time. But also, like, but I don't want to, nec- I want to tell you so badly, but you're going to laugh at this one. Right. And then you're going to laugh at this one. And they're obviously not taking personal offense because they know it's doing good for both of their images. Yeah. Yeah. It, they're uh, adorable. So again, going back to, I mean, Ryan Reynolds advertising the he's just, he's just great in whatever he puts a, his hands in. He's a good person is what it comes down to. And the decisions that he makes are 100% based on the idea that he wants to help and also entertain people. Yeah. And when, when that's your goal in life, I mean, things go well for you. You know, he's, it's, he's prospered in the, in, in, in it all, right? It's not like he's giving all his money away to charity and living like a pauper. But to me, it seems like his goal is very much like I'm, I'm on this earth to entertain people and to help people. And that's what I'm going to do. 
And I appreciate that because he, he, he does a very good job at it. <laughs> um, it's kind of pretty much most of what I got. Yeah, I got nothing either. Yeah. I actually really have to pee. So if we could like wrap it wrap up. this up. <laughs> we have been talking for well over an hour. I know. 40 My minutes. bladder does as well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you stop drinking all the beers while we're recording. One beer. If my bladder is this small, then I'm fucking, something's wrong with me. <laughs> so, with all the X books we've read, um, we can't ever not have a booze in a book. I was almost just going to say, if we don't have a booze in a book this week, that's a first. But no, because we'll just go to what we always do of, pick your own book and pick your own booze. Yeah. And that takes care of it. Seriously, though, read the X books. Um, I mean, I would just flat out say... Any of those. Like, with... snuggle in with, like, a glass of wine. Like, just get all cozy, because it's going to be a while while you read through it. Just really hunker down in there. Get a whiskey for I sippings. mean, here's the thing. It's going to be great when they come in, like, a, you know, a trade or anything. But even just now with the individuals, picking up the first of these and just reading through them, like, setting aside an evening or two. Uh, let me tell you how more awesome that probably is than having to wait mm-hmm. now they came out weekly thank goodness so yeah. that you could keep up but there was like when i was being caught up on them like damn it i wish i had just yeah. three more right now to satisfy that itch yeah reading all 10 of the last half of it today was like it was a it lot was an undertaking but like i'm glad that i got to read them all together yeah so uh so yeah so i guess uh with that Stay thirsty for more long reviews, because holy shit, man. I think we're going to really get into it coming up soon. You think so? Yeah, I was going to say, stay thirsty for much shorter reviews. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was originally going to say that, but we're going to have a, our Christmas special where we talk about the Christmas books that come out this month. Ah. Yes. And that will probably be a longer one, because there's always tons to explore in that. Shh, I gotta pee. <laughs> <laughs> feel like you're torturing me. <laughs> Stay thirsty for Lindsay's torture, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>